Today is Father's Day, and if you haven't received something already, you dads out there might be expecting a gift or two. Maybe some really cool stuff, and maybe some, well, not so much. I'm sure you've gotten some things over the years that you just can't help but laugh at, and probably a few things that really mean a lot. But you know what, dads? The most important gift for this Father's Day isn't the one you receive, it's the one you give. And the greatest gift you can give is your example. Every day your kids are watching, watching as you grow closer to God. They'll see you pray and study the Bible. They'll notice how you love your wife and how you love your neighbors. They'll see the fruit that comes from a life filled with Jesus. And that gift, well, that's priceless. It's not something we can repay with anything you'll get from us today. But hopefully one day, it'll be a gift we can also give. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers here represented. If you're paying attention to that video, fathers, I'm talking to you and talking to myself. The best gift that we can give is our example. Too many times we preach to our family. We teach our family. But also too many times we fail to model to our family members. So let's, even as we begin our message this morning, have that mindset already right now. I need to model. I need to be the example of what I teach and preach to my own family. Because many lessons are caught rather than they are taught. If we fathers show how much we love our wives, our children will automatically know what it means for a husband to love his wife. If we fathers would model Christ-likeness to our family members, what are we teaching them? We are teaching them to be Christ-like. So the ball, fathers, is in our court. And our message this morning is very simply put, Fathers 2.0. Of course, if the title of the message is Fathers 2.0, what does it mean? There is a Fathers 1.0. Because you cannot have version 2 if you do not have version 1. So what's the message this morning? Fathers 2 0. But what is version 2.1? It's a two-pronged message this morning. The first, Fathers 1.0, is addressed to the fathers. Fathers 2.0 will be addressed to the rest of the members of the family. Is that all right? Let's commit the time to the author, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for allowing us to worship you and read your word and preach your word and study it, Lord God. But most importantly, Lord, that we have the freedom to live out our profession of faith. Father, 
override, superintend my preparation so that your people only listen to your word. Be glorified, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Fathers 1.0, who is it addressed to? The fathers. Fathers, the first question you have to ask, who am I? You and I have to realize who we are before we can even begin to show our family what we are. If you do not know who you are, the rest is insignificant. So who are you? Genesis chapter 1, 26 to 27. Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and cover the bird and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Who are you, fathers? You are created in the image of God. You are no ordinary being. Unlike the rest of creation, unlike the rest of the animal kingdom, only man is created in the image of God. Fathers, who are you? You are created in the image of God. Who am I? Not only am I created in the image of God, Genesis chapter 2 verse 15 to 17 says this, Then the Lord God took the man, put him into the garden of Eden to cultivate it and keep it. The Lord God commanded the man saying, From any tree of the garden you may eat freely. So not only are you created in the image and likeness of God, God gave you a job to do. God put the man in the Garden of Eden for what purpose? To take care of it, to cultivate it. That's why we challenge you fathers. You are not supposed to be just the thermometer of your family, of your spiritual life, of your work life. You are supposed to be the thermostat. You regulate the relationships. Because God has given you a job to do. Take care of the garden. Cultivate the garden. Make it flourish. Nurture it. You are created in the image of God. But God also gave you a job to do. Not only did God give you a job to do, God gave you a warning. Look at verse 17. As you and I tend the flock, tend the garden of Eden, look at what God said in verse 17. But from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat from it, you will surely die. So yes, tend the garden, cultivate it, make it flourish, but be warned, 
there is one thing that Adam was not supposed to do. He was not supposed to eat from the tree that God told him, do not eat of that of the fruit of that tree for if you do surely you will die fathers we are responsible for our families they look to us we we should know who we are that we are created in the image and likeness of God that God gave us a job to do but he also warned us that there are traps that the devil has laid out for us since the very first book of the Bible. So who are you, fathers? You are created in the image and likeness of God. Now, women and mothers, I'm not saying you're not because this is Fathers 1.0. Who are you? Who am I? I am created in the image and likeness of God. I am someone whom God gave certain instructions and have a responsibility to fulfill that. I have been advised by God that as I fulfill this duty, this job, there is a warning. So I should be alert. Second, whose am I? To whom do I belong? John 8, 42-44 says, And Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I proceeded forth and have come from God. For I have not even come on my own initiative, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I am saying? It is because... You cannot hear my word. Fathers, have you given instructions to your family members? Your instructions were very audible, but it seems like no one was paying attention. In one ear, out the other, it was not really processed. Jesus Christ is telling us, if you are really from God the Father, then you would listen to me because I was sent by him. Now why can you not hear and why do you not obey? Verse 44. You are of your what? Can we read that? You are of? Why did we become, quote unquote, the father of the devil? God created everything he created man he created woman he gave them a warning do not eat from that fruit and what did man do he disobeyed god and sin entered the world and because of the curse of the sin of adam and eve this whole world according to first john chapter 2 is under the dominion of Satan. There will come a time that God will change all of that. But in the meantime, who is the ruler of the kingdom of the air? Satan. That's why Jesus is reminding us, if you don't listen to me, 
You don't hear my words, you don't obey. What is his analogy? What is he telling us? You are of your father, the devil. That's why you do not understand. Whose are you? But it doesn't end there. Because God wants to be our father. We don't need to stay in this condition. Because even if we are according to Jesus Christ, children of the devil, if it says in Colossians chapter 1, He rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. You know, in the past, I would read through this very quickly, and I would re even say it out very quickly. And I would say something like this, For He rescued us out of the kingdom of darkness and transferred us to His kingdom of marvelous light. Wrong. The devil has no kingdom. The only kingdom that exists is the kingdom of God. He has dominion, yes. God has given him free reign temporarily. But he does not have a kingdom. He, Jesus Christ, rescued you from the domain of the devil, from the domain of darkness, and transferred you into his kingdom of marvelous light. For even if Jesus Christ says, you are of your father, the devil. God the Father wants you to establish a father and child relationship with him. Because it says in John chapter 1, verse 12, As many as received him, Jesus Christ, to them, only to them who received him, do, does he give a right to become children of God, even to those who believe in His name. So even if we are at the beginning children of the devil, so to speak, God wants to establish a father and child relationship with you. And He sent His one and only Son, Jesus Christ, to prove how much our Heavenly Father loves you. That even because of our being dead in our sins, Jesus Christ came to bear the penalty of our sins on the cross so that He could die, so that you and I could have the opportunity to become children of God. But look at it. It says, as many as received him to them so it's exclusive it doesn't say everyone but only to them who receive him to them he gave the right to become children of God even those who believe in his name so if you if Jesus Christ is telling you this morning, you're of your father, the devil. But you realize that Jesus Christ has died and is willing to save you and to forgive you of your sin. And all you need to do 
is place your faith in Him by receiving Him as your Lord and Savior, by believing that He is God's Son, the Messiah who died to pay for your sins, you have the right to call yourself a child of God. No longer a child of the devil, but a child of God. You, my friends, fathers, are created in the image of God. You and I have been given a duty and a responsibility. But at the onset, we had no choice. Because of our sinful nature, except to follow our Father. Then, the devil, who had dominion over us. But if you have placed your faith in Jesus Christ, you are no longer a child of the devil. You are a child of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Have you ever believed on the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you ever received Him into your life as your personal Lord and Savior? If you know who you are and you are assured of whose you are, then the next question is, well, what am I here for? I know. I wake up at 5. Go to work at 5.30, leave at 4, go home at five, by 5.30, have my dinner, go to bed, wake up at 5.30, go to work, go home, eat, sleep. Is that all? Is that all? Well, you know, because God said, Adam, this is what you're supposed to do. And because you disobeyed, so by the sweat of your brow, you will not work. Okay. Is that all I'm supposed to do? Live, pay my taxes, and die? And when you die, there are even more taxes? <laughs> I have good news for you. Not only are you created in the image of God, not only if you have faith in Jesus Christ, not only do you belong to God, He has a plan for you. And his plan for you is very simple. Psalm 139. I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. My friend, fathers, you were created to please God. You and I were created to glorify God. You and I were created to thank God. There is a song that we used to sing in CCF many years ago. I was made to praise you. I was made to worship at your feet and to obey you, Lord. I was made for you. God made you to praise Him, to worship Him with your life. So as God, fathers, has put you, you have to be the best leader of your home. You have to be the best lover of your wife and your children. You have to be the best provider because in doing so, you are fulfilling your God-given purpose. 
to worship God through your life, through how you lead your family. And Paul writes and reminds us, Therefore, whatever you do, be in food or in drink, what does it say? Finish it. Do all for the glory of God. My friend, you and I exist to glorify God. The heavens, the stars, they glorify God. They worship God. It says of the splendor and majesty of God. What more should we fathers who are made in the image and likeness of God, who have been rescued from the dominion of darkness, transferred into the kingdom of light, who have been made for God, to worship God. Are we fulfilling why God made us? Fathers 1.0 Who am I? Whose am I? Why am I here? Now, Fathers 2.0 This now addresses the rest of the family members. Why do we need to address? Because truth of the matter is not all of our fathers are good examples. Yes or no? Yes. Myself included. Right? Why, why are the wives the one who said yes? <laughs> I think uh, the wives are trying to communicate something. Right? Not all fathers are perfect. Not all fathers are good role models. Yes? So we must address 2.0. And who are we going to address in the 2.0? The rest of the family. Right? Now we have already addressed Fathers 1.0 that, you know, th this is God's design for who the fathers are. Now, 2.0. Right? The rest of the family, you know, your father is human. Even if they wear a Superman shirt, they are still human. And humans, last time I checked, make mistakes humans fail so when they fail don't be too hard Romans 3.23 says for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God family members your fathers myself included are sinners we are not perfect but guess what According to Romans chapter 3, verse 23, you are also sinners. Yes or no? All of a sudden, your yes becomes a little lower. Huh? <laughs> We're all human. All of us have sinned. This is the Bible saying. I'm not saying this. I'm not accusing you of anything. The Bible has branded us, has labeled us as all of us have sinned. And as a result, fall short of the glory of God. What was the purpose of God creating us? To give Him glory, to worship Him, to praise Him. But because of our sin, we fall short. 
So family members, when the heads of your household, when your fathers fall short, don't forget, you also are a sinner in God's eyes. So don't ride too high on that horse. Because the higher your horse is when you fall, the bigger your bump. Your father is human. Your father, by rule, is a product of his parents. Why do I not have a wallet? I used to have a wallet. My credit cards would be there. My cash would be there. But I do not know exactly when. But I kept my wallet in my back pocket. But nothing was inside. My credit card, my cash, and my wife will attest, the old receipts, they're in my pocket. So when I go home, I change, I will pull out, put everything on the side table. And then, sleep. The next day, my wife prepares my clothes, so I don't have to think about what I'm going to wear. And then I will just pick up all of those, that stack and put it back in my pocket. Nobody taught me. And then one day it dawned upon me. My father used to do that. How do I know? Because my mom will tell me, in song, you need to sleep beside your father tonight. Because he snores so loudly, I cannot sleep. So guess what? I have to sleep beside him. And I snore too. <laughs> Thank you, Sister Tess, for reminding me. But you see, I observed him. That was the way that he did it. He would pull out everything from his pocket, put it on the side table, and the next day he would get everything except the coins. Nobody taught me to do that. I caught the habit because I am a product of my parents. So be careful when we are too harsh with our heads of the family, our fathers. Because let's remember that not only are they human, they are also the product of their parents. The Bible says in Exodus 20, You shall not make for yourself an idol or any likeness of what is in heaven above or the earth beneath or in the water under the earth. You shall not worship them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children on the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing loving kindness to thousands to those who love me and keep my commands. You see, the Bible is already telling us. It is passed on. Some of your habits you just caught from your own parents. Why do I know that my mom is mad at me 
You know how I know? She uses my real name. Lorenzo! <laughs> now you know. If it's jovial, it's in song. But if Lorenzo, oh, you know you're in trouble. Right? We are just products of our past. But look at the verse. There is a break. You can have a break from what was learned in the past. Look at verse 6. But showing my loving kindness to thousands to those who love me and keep my commands. So, generational sin can be broken if you come to faith in Christ. Because through Christ, you can be set free. And who the Son sets free is free indeed. Before you had no way and you could not explain why you do things the way you do. But after coming to Christ, I'm telling you this morning, you don't need to live that way. Because if anyone be in Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, the old has gone. New things have come. Our fathers, myself included, are mere products of our parents. No wonder I could not really communicate very well and show affection to my father because his father before him I might even say was worse because I was talking to the half-sister of my father when she was still alive my my father was my grandfather had a first wife and she married a French lady by the name of Francesca Dubuzet so her, their daughter was named Gertrude. We called her Tolita. So I was talking with her one day. And she said, you know, I wanted to become a nurse. Why did you become a teacher? Papa said no. That was it. You did not have long, lovey-dovey conversations with your parents. One question, one answer, no appeal, no explanation. Why? Because my father was a product of his father. So when I talked to my father, it was the same thing. Can we do this? No. Okay, thank you. You didn't argue, you didn't explain, you didn't appeal. That was never allowed. Because that was how they were brought up. So let's give our fathers a little slack. They're human, fallen just like everyone is. They are also products of their parents. And you need mercy too. 
If our fathers need mercy because they are human, because they are products of their past, you also need mercy just as they need mercy. Titus chapter 3, 3 to 5 says, For we also once were foolish ourselves, disobedient, deceived, enslaved to various lusts and pleasure, spending our life in malice and envy, hateful, hating one another. But when the kindness of God our Savior and His love for mankind appeared, who is verse 4 referring to? Who is that? That's the Lord Jesus Christ. The love of God in the flesh. Now in contrast, look at verse 3. Do you identify? Do you at one time or another are part of this group? Yes or no? Yes. Maybe one, some of you maybe two, some of us maybe all. But according to verse 4, God sent His love through Jesus Christ. And what happened? He saved us. He saved us not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, but according to His mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit. My friends, it is only because of God's mercy. It is only because of God's grace that we are saved. We cannot be good enough to be saved. Notice, even your deeds that were done in righteousness is not sufficient to save you. Because if you are relying on your deeds of righteousness to save you, you don't have any need for Christ. You have no need for a Savior. Oh, I can save myself. Let's try it. Okay, good deeds. What kind of good deeds? How many times? How often? Oh, I will just give. How much will you give? When will you give? You cannot. That is trying to get to heaven based on your own effort. And if you do that, you have set aside the love of God. Who saved us by God's mercy. You need mercy too. We fathers need your mercy. And you need mercy too. We all need mercy. God's mercy. He saved us not because, not on the basis of deeds which were done in righteousness, but according to His mercy. Forgiveness opens a channel for grace. We encourage you, when you have conflict, don't say sorry. Mike, I think it was our group during that time, and Tin was in the Philippines, right? And we did FaceTime. We had big group, but Christine, his wife, was in Manila. So, iPad, FaceTime. One of Christine's relatives was walking behind. And I said, don't say sorry. What did pastor say? <laughs> don't say sorry. It's useless. 
it doesn't mean anything to say you're sorry. Ask for forgiveness for your contribution to the problem. Then you become specific. Then you're able to tell this person who you have hurt, will you please forgive me for being unloving? Will you please forgive me for being disrespectful? Because that is what God commands. When you have sinned, ask for forgiveness. They need mercy too. And forgiveness opens a channel for grace. Ephesians 4. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger, clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. If you are a recipient of mercy, be merciful too. If you are a recipient of forgiveness, be forgiving too. Because how dare we accept forgiveness, but we are not willing to forgive others. Jesus gave a story about the unmerciful servant who was held to account by the master. You owe me, pay. The first servant said, and he owed millions and millions. He said, I cannot pay. Will you please forgive my debt? And the master said, okay, your debt is forgiven. And then this servant, number one, goes and he encounters his fellow slave. And he reminds himself, ah, this slave number two owes me a couple of hundreds. So he demanded payment from that second slave. And he would not forgive the debt. Even if he was for, forgiven millions, he would not forget the debt worth hundreds. When the master found out, he was held to account. How dare you not forgive hundreds when I have forgiven you millions? Yet here we are, willing to receive forgiveness from God, but unwilling to dispense and be a channel of forgiveness to others. And we dare call ourselves disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. If we are really are followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, then let us follow the example of Jesus Christ. If Jesus Christ forgave us, we should also forgive one another. Just as God in Christ also has forgiven us. Hebrews puts it this way. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace, so that we may receive mercy and find grace in time of need. Forgive. If you forgive, you are actually releasing yourself from that grip of unforgiveness 
and bitterness. If you choose to forgive, I submit to you, you will lose weight. Yes, because if you forgive, you will, feel a, you will feel a lightness in your spirit. You will have peace that surpasses all understanding. You will not be able to explain it. But if you choose not to forgive, it's going to eat you. Day in and day out. It's like a termite. You see the house, very nice. And then, you tap on the wood, very hollow. Because the termites have eaten what is inside. Forgive. Forgive because forgiveness is a channel. It opens up a channel for grace. Grace is unmerited favor. You don't deserve it. I don't deserve to be forgiven because I have sinned against my God. But God chose to forgive me through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. It is not by works. It is by God's grace. So if I want to be freed from my bondage of bitterness and unforgiveness, I should be willing to forgive. I should be willing to forgive my father for not helping us apply to become immigrants of the United States of America. Because when we approach him, he said, Dad, you are a veteran of the war. Therefore, you have a fast pass to apply for being a green card for your children. No. Why do you want to be a second-class citizen? If you want, you're on your own. I will not lift a finger to help you. He did not even know who was already a U.S. citizen when he was born. <laughs> and because he was a U.S. citizen, we are U.S. citizens. Forgiveness opens a channel for grace. Free yourselves from the weight that is in your shoulder and in your heart. Forgive. Forgive one another. Forgive your fathers. Forgive your siblings. Forgive your mother. Forgive each other. Because when you forgive, it opens up a channel for grace. The Lord Jesus taught us how to pray. Pray then in this way. Our Father, who art in heaven, is God your Father this morning? Can you really say, my Father, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed Holy be your name. I represent Christ. My life should represent the holiness of God. Hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it 
as it is in heaven. Am I obeying the will of God for me? Or am I disobedient and misrepresent Him in my life? Give us this day our daily bread. Depend on God daily. But we like to do, give us today our yearly bread. I'll see you in Christmas. Or maybe I'll see you in Easter. But provide for this whole year. Depend on God daily. Depend on God moment by moment. What's next? Forgive us our debts as, take note, as we also have forgiven our debtors. It is expected. It's not whether will I forgive or not. For the follower of Jesus Christ, forgiveness, my friends, is not an option. While the process of forgiveness could take some time, you and I have no option except to forgive. Why? Because I have been forgiven as well. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And I cannot live this Christian life by myself, by my own power, because I read the Bible, because I go to church, because I attend D group, because it's this and that and that and that. No. What does he say? And do not lead us to temptation. I am weak. I need the power of the Holy Spirit to fulfill the purposes for which God has set me in this earth. I cannot do it on my own. I need God's Holy Spirit to be working in me. I need your help, and I hope you need our help too. Because this discipleship journey is not a lone ranger. And even lone ranger had a tonto as his sidekick. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Why? Because for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. As we close. Let's all stand and pray this prayer that Jesus Christ has taught us to pray. Let's pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for being the kind of Father that you are to us. Gracious, loving, merciful, patient, and so many other things, Lord God. Thank you, Father, for sending your Son, Jesus, through whom we have the redemption and forgiveness of our sins. Thank you for sending the Holy Spirit to be with us, to empower us to live the Christian life as it ought to be lived. Not on ourselves, but depending upon the leading of your Holy Spirit. Father, I pray again for the fathers here represented, for the families here represented, that we will be more loving, caring and forgiving towards each other. For we know that we have only been forgiven 
by your grace, through your mercy, and through what Jesus Christ has already done for us. And for this, we are eternally grateful. For all of these things we pray in Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen and Amen. Happy Father's Day, everyone. God bless us.